Well, we have quite a few things to cover this morning. Uh, I'll try not to rush it, uh, but I would like you guys to pay careful attention because what I'm going to be sharing this morning uh, is vital to your stability in your Christian work and your well, in your I mean, in your well-being as a whole. When I say your well-being as a whole, I'm looking at your emotional well-being, which is also your mental well-being, your physical well-being, you know, uh, your your marital well-being. This is vital to your well-being. So I would like us to pay careful attention. Amen. Praise God. So this morning I'm going to be talking about freedom from the fear of death. We've been talking about freedom from fear for a few, for a few weeks now. It's going to 10 weeks, I believe, um, even more than that. Uh, but today I want to talk about um, freedom from the fear of death. We've covered uh, fear of ch- freedom from fear of change, freedom from religious fear, freedom from fear of people. Uh, we want to talk about, f- well, the last week I talked about freedom from uh, fear of sin. And today I want to talk about freedom from fear of death, freedom from fear of death. Amen. Um, a few things I think I should um, restate before we uh, continue on this journey this morning. Yeah, uh, fear brings bondage into our lives. I'll put it um, in another way. Unresolved fear keep, puts us in bondage and keeps us in bondage. And when I say bondage, I'm talking about a state of being a slave to something. Because the thing is this, whatever you fear, whatever you are afraid of, has power over you. You are sub- you're literally subjecting yourself to that thing. And you're saying to that thing that you have a power over me to control me, to rule me. So and as long as you are afraid of that thing, that thing can manipulate you or the enemy can through that manipulate you, right? And they take away your freedom, your peace, your joy, right? So if we know that fear of any particular thing keeps us in bondage to that thing, then we need to make it a point of duty to resolve all the fears in our lives. Why? God does not want us to live in fear. God does not want us to live in fear. The Bible says, perfect Lord cast out fear and fear has torment. First John chapter 4. So God does not want us to live in fear. And if God has not given us the spirit of fear, right, then what are we doing with the fear? So anything in your life, any area of your life where you're struggling with fear, right, you need to sit down and deal with it. So I've dealt with a few of them in this series. Please, uh, Revisit those messages, listen to them or watch them, share them with people or have conversations around them to strengthen you, to help you to overcome fear in those areas. If God does not want you to live in fear, then you should not live in fear. If God does not want you to live in fear, if he does not want you to serve him in fear, then if fear is controlling you or ruling in any area of your life, you should know that you and I should know that that's not the will of God including this fear of making heaven or making hell, right? It's not of God. So if God, if fear is not in the agenda, is not in the plan or the lifestyle of God for us at all, then we should not allow fear in any area of our, of our lives. And when I talk about fear, I'm talking about fear of terror, fear of horror, fear of harm. Uh, because some people will be saying, but God wants us to fear him. I'll be talking about fear of the Lord next week, has the Lord helped me? to finish this this week, um, if you're up there this week. 
fear of the Lord has to do with deep respect and reverence for the Lord. Right? So, even though fear is spelled the same word, fear in both uh, instances, fear is spelled the same with, with the same letters, F-E-A-R, the meaning of fear in both instances is different. Fear of terror, fear of horror, fear of all manner of stuff is different from the fear of the Lord. And I'll clarify that next week by God's grace. Amen. So please, let's make it a point of duty to say, in every area of my life where I am being controlled and ruled by fear, excuse me, I'm going to take responsibility to find out what God's word says about it, to resolve this fear so that I will no longer be in bondage to these things that hold me down. Amen. Um, so, Talking about death today, death simply means cessation of life when something stops living. So, and death applies to living things, whether trees, whether plants, so whether plants, yeah, trees inclusive, uh, whether uh, insects, human beings, anything living, any living being, even microorganisms, right? Because some people have, uh, we, we know, <laughs> there's bacteria, virus, and, and things around, and um, some of us are able to apply some insecticide or, or antiseptic or whatever, those bacteria killers and the rest, and they kill those things, right? So, and which means they stop to exist, right? Even in the in the midst of this pandemic, I don't know, I don't know whether it's a pandemic now, the coronavirus, right? Uh, they will tell you that um, if you apply gel or something, this and, and sanitizer, that will um, kill the virus. You know, the virus cannot stay in in heat for long, all kind of stuff. So, uh, I'm trying to help us to look beyond the physical things you can see when it comes to living. So, anything, anything living, right? When the things stop living, it means the things is dead, isn't it? Right. So, be on the basic level so let's look at the types of fear that's no, right types of death hmm. types of death and um this morning if you are not a christian and you're watching you're listening right um i want you to avail yourself to a bible or go on go on google and probably type in biblegateway.com and take your time to read the book of genesis chapter 3 Right. Uh, Genesis chapter 3 tells us, verse 7 especially, tells us that, you know, after God has formed the human body, right, the body was lifeless. And after God breathed into the nurseries of the human body that he has formed, that, that body became a living being. So uh, human beings are not, are not just their body. Because even James 2.26 tells us that, you know, a, a body just, that, just as the uh, just as a body without a spirit is dead, so faith without works is dead. So what it means is this. If the spirit is not in the body, the body is lifeless. So when you see uh, cops, you know, you see bodies on TV, in places, or uh, the cops of, you remember the cops of your great-great-great-grandfather, if you were at the funeral, right? You could see the body, but it was lifeless because the spirit had left it. Amen. So I try to read more uh, in Genesis chapter 3 and you find more stuff there. I've been covering this also in my past, uh, my previous um, teaching, so I will not be able to explore that this morning. So spiritual death, as I've thought, as we find it in the book of Genesis chapter 3. Did I say Genesis 3, 7? No, that's, that should be Genesis 2, 7. Sorry, let's go there. Uh, Genesis 2, 7. Yeah, so, so uh, excuse me about that. Apologies, that's Genesis 2, 7. Genesis chapter 3 is the account of the fall of man. So it's, I was talking about Genesis 2, 7. So read Genesis 2, account of creation, Genesis 1 as well. And Genesis chapter 3, then you see how a lot of things planned out, how God created um, 
you know, uh, created, the, created the earth and the things on the earth and um, created the human body, gave life to the human body. And chapter three, uh, the human, you know, human beings fell, you know, they disobeyed God and uh, and something happened. So I'm going to touch a little bit on that this morning. And so that as I try to explain uh, this death uh, topic, amen. So there are two types of death. Now in Genesis chapter three, as you take your time to read later on, God said to he God said to Adam in Genesis chapter two that the day he eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, that day he would die. In Genesis chapter three, Adam and Eve ate of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. If the definition of death in that instance was cessation of life, when something dies, like I was using virus and bacteria and um, animals and plants. You know, when those, and even human body, human beings, when they die, you know, they cease to exist, they are gone. But in the, in the account of Genesis chapter 3 and the Genesis chapter 2, if God were not lying, which we know God cannot lie, if God said the day they eat of that tree, they die, and Genesis chapter 3, they did eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, and they died, but physically, they still existed. That tells us that God must be saying something different com- compared to what we originally know or what we are uh, familiar with about death. And that is what is leading us to the two kinds of death. So we saw in the book of Genesis chapter 3 that after man- mankind in the person of Adam are eat- had eaten of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, his eyes were opened, but when their eyes were opened and they realized that they were naked. So what does that opening of eyes mean? Now, they then have the knowledge of good and evil. They were exposed to a different realm. They were exposed to something different to what they were living. I'll put it this way. They moved out of heaven into the world of the devil. They moved out of life into death. I repeat, they moved out of life into death. So they received the nature of the devil. They were heavily conscious of sin, of wickedness, of evil. Their nature was changed. Their human nature was changed to something that is from something that is godly to something that was evil. And the Bible tells us in the book of um, Romans chapter five that everyone who, who was born into the human into the into um, into the world, anyone who was born into the world after the fall of Adam, and when we say fall of Adam, we're, we're talking about from the time that Adam committed high treason in Genesis 3. Everyone born into, into the human world since that time were affected by sin, were affected by what happened to Adam. So, which means the death that Adam died, people also experienced in Romans chapter 5. You can take your time to read from verse 12. Amen. So, that tells us that the death in Genesis chapter 3 is not a physical death. It's a spiritual death. It's a separation from God. It's a cessation. So if we consider death or define death as cessation of life, so it's a cessation of the spiritual life with God. I repeat, spiritual death is a cessation of spiritual life with God. So, it, so those people no longer live unto God. They're no longer living the good kind of life. They're no longer connected to the Father. And physical death on the other end, like I decided, like I just tried to describe earlier on, is a cessation of life in the physical world. So spiritual death is a cessation of spiritual life with God, 
So you stop living spiritually. You stop being alive in God. You, I mean, they, they lost the life of God. Let's put it that way. So they had the life of God before they were before before the sin and they had the nature of god in them and after the sin they lost that life and um, they received the life of the devil and they were living as sinners but in the uh, uh but when it comes to physical death we actually lose that life the the, the spirit leaves the body you know when i was praying for this I was, I was trusting god to help me to be able to explain it Amen. But as I go further down, it will, it will make sense. And I believe it's making sense. Many times when I when I think I'm not making some sense in how I'm explaining that, when I listen to it myself, I'm like, this makes a lot of sense. I can actually get it. So I hope you get that spiritual death and physical death. Amen. The Bible tells us that fear is an enemy and is the last enemy to be destroyed. Right. Fear is an enemy and is the last enemy to be destroyed. And then when we talk about enemy, what are we talking about? I'm going to take us in the scriptures and we look at how fear became is an enemy. And um, what's, what's the, I mean, what, how death is an enemy. That's a fear. Death is an enemy and the last enemy to be destroyed. Death is an enemy and the last enemy to be destroyed. I keep using fear and death together. Right. So. Death is the last enemy, and last death is an enemy, and the last enemy to be destroyed. Right. So, like I said earlier on, the fear brings us into bondage. Right. So, if you are afraid of death, then you be in a bondage of death. So, fear brings bondage, and if you are afraid of death, then it means you are in bondage to death. But there's something amazing from the word of God that I saw that really excited me. So let's go to Hebrews chapter 2, verse 14. Hebrews 2, verse 14. So the Bible says there, inasmuch as, this is the New King James Version, so inasmuch then as the children are partaking of flesh and blood, he himself likewise, talking about Jesus, shared in the same that through death he might destroy him who had the power of death, that is the devil, and release those who through fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. So one of the primary mission of Jesus was to come and deliver you and I from the bondage of fear of death. So God came in the person of Jesus Christ, came in a human form into the world to deliver you and I from the fear of death. And it's sad that, do you know what Jesus came to deliver us from, right? Is what the enemy and the world uses to terrorize us most. You hear things like one in two people, one in two people will die out of will die of cancer, and all manner of advertisement just to put fear of death on the inside of you, in order to get them to, you know, make money in a sense. So uh, pharmaceuticals or people or charities who are into this cancer thing, and I'm not against any of them to be honest, right? But the way they go about the advertising to put fear of death in people so that people can be scared and can put money into the charity or into business is evil. I believe that many people will have survived cancer if they were not afraid of death. So death, the fear of death in itself 
kills people faster than whatever they are going through. Amen. So, fear of death has been a tool in the hand of the devil to, to torment and control people. I repeat, fear of death has been a tool, has been a tool in the hand of the devil to control and keep people in bondage. And I'm trusting that this morning we're going to destroy this, this fear. People will be free from this fear in the name of the Lord Jesus. So let's look at that verse again. Uh, those two verses again, Hebrews chapter 2. It said, in as much as in as much then as the children have, uh, have partaken of flesh and blood, he himself, talking about Jesus, likewise shared in the same. So the Bible here is saying that Jesus became a human being, right? He came in human form, in the form of a human being, and shared okay, that through death, so through his death, he might destroy him who had the power of death. So when we look at death, we should be looking at the devil because the Bible tells us that in the book of Romans chapter 5, that when sin entered the world, death came through sin and death spread to all men. All right. The one who has the power of death is the devil. So when we are afraid of death, we are afraid of the devil. I repeat, when we are afraid of death, we are afraid of the devil because the devil is the one who has the power of death. I'll take you back to the, to the starting point of my message today, spiritual death and physical death. Spiritual death and physical death. Right. So, uh, spiritual death, if I want to tie it to this, spiritual death was what happened to us at the beginning of creation. And as a result of spiritual death, physical death came into the world. So, spiritual death that came into the world through the person of Satan, you know, brought about the cutting down of the lifespan of human beings. I believe that God created human beings from the very beginning to live forever with him in heaven. And when I'm talking about heaven here, I'm not talking about heaven as a geographic location, one place, a place we all go to looking like angels and we assemble on a queue and the Lord will open a book and be looking for your name if your name is written in the book of life. I asked some someone over this uh, over during the week during someone's funeral and I was just laughing like, seriously? Amen. Okay, God help me. Help me, Lord Jesus, this morning. Help me, Lord. Right. So, spiritual death. That happened at, the, at creation and at the beginning of the world, at the beginning of life, you know, with, at the beginning of the existence of mankind. And when spiritual death came into the world through the person of Satan and disobedience of Adam, right, it affected the lifespan of man. It affected everything that man had. Germs, diseases, earthquake. All kind of evil came into the world as a result of that. Take your time to read the book of Romans chapter 5 and you find the account, the details in there. Amen. Um, someone may say, but why are you not reading into it? Now, those areas that I've asked you to go and read for yourselves are, are teachings on their own. And if I should go into that, we might be on this fear of death for next seven weeks. And I'm not kidding. Right. So I'd rather come and teach you stuff on what those areas really entail uh, so that we can go past this um, series and um, we can get into those areas as the Lord leads us. Amen. So my focus is to help us understand that there are two, um, there's, there's fear of death. There are two types of death and um, getting you out of that those kind of getting you out of that fear of death or get, helping you to overcome it is my focus is my is my is my my goal this morning so uh bear with us as we go that so you to do some homework, do you take some homework you know go read those uh verses of the bible 
Amen. So when we look at destroy in this passage, in these verses here, it said, it said now, it said verse, is that still 14, right? It said, him likewise shed in the same that through death he might destroy. So someone may be thinking, or oh, destroy, yes. So if Jesus had destroyed him or had destroyed the power of death, then why are people still dying? Why are people still dying? Now I'll say to you that Jesus did not come to deliver us from the from physical death. Mm. Jesus did not come to deliver us from physical death. He came to deliver us from spiritual death. He came to deliver us from the power of the control of the bondage of Satan who keeps people in spiritual death. Right, so we should get it right. So when someone dies, some some families and people just they get devastated, they are angry at God. God, why did you kill him? But he gave his life to Christ, he was a good Christian. Now, I'm not saying that people should die or people should die young. I'm not saying that. But what I'm saying is this: Jesus did not come to deliver us from physical death. It came to deliver us from spiritual death. Read, take your time to study the Bible. The Bible says or says to us that God was reconciling the world to himself through Christ Jesus. Jesus came to give us eternal life, not for us to live forever on earth. Even Paul said the outward man perished, talking about his body, his physical body. So now talking about physical death, I'm talking about your physical body, as long as you remain in this physical body. So Jesus did not come to deliver us from physical death. He came to deliver us from spiritual death. Spiritual death is separation from God. He came to give us eternal life. He came to give us the very life of God. He came to give us the nature of God. And that's why if a Christian is careless in their driving and they have an accident, they will die. Or they could die. Or they may die. <laughs> I get me. If a Christian think that, you know, Jesus has destroyed the power of death and they go on a skyscraper and they jump down uh, to test the knowledge of the Lord, to test the word of God, like, they would die. If it's even, if we saw, in, we saw, we saw how somebody, you know, tripped from, they were dozing while Paul was teaching. I don't understand what was happening. And they fell from, I don't know how many story building was in. They fell from a story building. Not a story, but they fell, right? And they died. And Paul, you know, raised the person from the dead. Right. And people still died. Paul died. The, the early the apostles, they died. So that should tell us that Jesus did not come to deliver us from physical death. I'm going somewhere. Stay with me. Amen. I, there's, a, there's a member of our church family. She has questions. I can just hear my mother. But, but, but it's good. She, she's not able to ask me questions face to face here now. So I can teach. Amen. So just calm down. Stay with me. So spiritual death, physical death. I'll repeat. Jesus did not come to deliver us from physical death. It came to deliver us from spiritual death. It, it, gave to, it came to give us eternal life, the life of God. The Bible says in the book of John chapter 17, verse 3, it says, and this is eternal life, to know him, to know God, and to know Christ Jesus, whom he sent. And knowing that talks about intimate knowledge, talking about a life knowledge, an experience of God. And the Bible says that whosoever has received the Son has received eternal life. So if eternal life is living forever, why are people still dying physically? 
So I'm asking some questions here to stimulate our thinking, to start asking ourselves that, wait, 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 what have I been, what have I understood all this while? Amen. So it's not the typical service that I just go all the way. I want us to reason together. So spiritual death and physical death, we're going somewhere, we'll get to the end, but let's let's tear up our thinking. Let's reason together this morning. Amen. So talking about destroy there, what the Bible means is that um, Jesus made or rendered inoperative the power of death, rendered inoperative the devil over your life. No, no. According to Colossians chapter 2, he said, he rendered Satan powerless in your life. So, Satan is the one who brings death, right? Satan is the one who produces death. He's the author of death, right? And Jesus rendered him ineffective, powerless in your life. So, that validates every scripture that you have seen that Jesus came to deliver us from the power and the dominion of darkness. And all of these are spiritual. See, our physical body, now talking about physical death, our physical body, there's nothing we can do about it. It's going to be, it's aging. No matter how much we try to stay young, the physical body is aging. I'm not looking as handsome as I was when I was in my early 20s. I think I'm even more handsome now than I was in my late 20s. I get my wife said, oh, praise the Lord. I get to me. By the time you are 80, 90 years old, right? You can you you can be eat you can be eating and living the kind of uh, funny lifestyle you will live. When I say funny lifestyle, and like I don't want to use words reckless, but you know, young people can stay can watch a movie all night. You know, they can eat anything, they can do anything, right? Because their immune system can still carry many of those things. But by the time you're eighty and eighty five, you take your health very seriously. There are certain things you can eat and certain things you can't eat. The way your body absorbs minerals and vitamins or produce them is different. So don't feel bad if you are if you are you know don't don't feel bad if you are ninety years old and you are not looking as young as you were uh, you know like you can't really run as you can run. That is to tell us that our physical body we age. You know it's it, that's why it's, it's it's a sad thing to focus so much on our physical body. Men, single men, listen to me carefully. That is why it's so bad for you to judge a woman or to assess the woman you want to marry only by our outward appearance. The physical look will change. And young ladies, if six packs and a broad chest is your criteria for marrying a man, it's only a matter of time they will sag. Mm-hmm. Honest truth? So does that mean we should not marry people that we... To know how did we get here? Does that mean we should not marry people that we are attracted to? Right? I'm not saying that. But what I'm saying is this. If you only go by looks, you have a big problem because that look will change. I mean, that looks, those looks will change. The curves might become straight. Amen. Okay, I won't say more. Praise the Lord. Right. Um, so that I can be spiritually minded this morning. <laughs> this is interesting. So Jesus came to make Satan inoperative in our lives. And all of this still has to do with our spiritual lives. Amen. So why are we afraid of death? One, fear of unknown. So I have four points here, and we'll go into the scriptures and then we shut down. The reason why people are afraid of death is this fear of the unknown. There are a lot of stuff that people don't know. Many people don't know that death is spiritual and physical. Many people don't know that. Many people think that this is the end of it all. You know, they think this world is the end of it. So when the enemy is tormenting or torturing them with fear of cancer, they're looking at their cars. They're looking at their properties. 
How am I going to leave all of this thing? How am I going to leave all of it? And Paul said, he said in 1 Corinthians 15, 19, that if our hope in this, let's read it, 1 Corinthians 15, 19. Fifteen nineteen. Now it says, uh, "This is the let's let's read it amplified." First Corinthians fifteen nineteen. Excuse me. Said, "If we who are abiding in Christ, talking about sins, believers, have hope only in this life, and that is all, then we are of all people most miserable and to be pitied." I think you should make this your memory verse for this week. One of your memory verses. I repeat, verse 19 of 1 Corinthians 15, the Amplified Version. If we who are abiding in Christ have hope only in this life, if this life is all that we see, that we know, and we believe that there is, he said, and we think that's all. He said, then we are of all people most miserable and to be pitied. You see, when people at work, in the workplace, throw you under the bus, when people, the rich men, use power and money and technology to control and oppress people, they are, they are very, very miserable. And they are very, very empty-headed. Right? They are very miserable, empty-headed. They are dead. Well, obviously, they are dead spiritually. They are, they are, you think believers are miserable? They are mo- very much more miserable because they think all there is to life is what they can see, what they can do, how they can manipulate people. And we, if we don't want to be part of that misery, that miserable lifestyle, we're going to know some truth I'm going to share with us very briefly soon. So people, because for fear of unknown, they... Literally, everything about fear of death has to do with the fact that people don't know. They don't know if there's a heaven or there's a hell. They don't know if they die, whether they will go to heaven. They don't know if how they will be judged. They, people just don't know. And people are not finding out. And they keep listening to all manner of preachers out there who tell them that if you don't give your life to Christ, you go to hell. And I get to me. And because of the um, what people don't know, I think I should split that out a little bit. So there's fear of unknown. People don't know what's going to happen to them when they die. That's one unknown. They don't know what's going to well, happen. They, they don't know what's on the other side. They, they, people have no clue. So there's fear in your heart because now, death is an enemy. And Satan, who has the power of death, will harass you. I mean, it's his nature to harass, to oppress people, to threaten people, to scare people. Right. Uh, so, and because people don't know, they don't have the knowledge of God's word about life and life with God, they can be easily tortured and tormented by the devil. And also, so the fact, and okay, uh, okay, so that's fear of unknown. People don't know what's on the other side. But I also want to say that the lack of knowledge is the reason why people are afraid of death. Lack of knowledge. So, there's fear of unknown, and there are things that people don't know. And also there's fear of unknown in the context of people don't know what they know. We don't know. <laughs> and they're scared as a result. So there's fear of unknown as what happened, what happened on the other side. And there's fear of, I don't know what I don't know. Amen. And more, more examples are coming to my mind. And there's also a fear of, if I, if I know what I don't want to know, 
am I be bound to live my life in a particular way and I don't want to live my life that way? You know what I'm talking about? So when people know what they should know, because it may cost them, in quotes, the fun lifestyle, the funny lifestyle they want to live, where they need to start fixing their life and they're living right. But because they want to continue to live a kind of ungodly lifestyle, so they don't want to know what they need to know, and they're afraid of the unknown, and the devil is using the power of ignorance in their life and the deception in their hearts to manipulate them. Somebody said, this is confusing. Yes, it is. That's how, where people are. And I'm trying to explain it to you so that people can identify with where they are. But this is true. Amen. So, fear of unknown is a problem that people face. And then um, also lack of knowledge. You know, I think I've tried to explain towards them. Actually, I'm, I'm keeping my eye on time. Let's go for Philippians 1 21, just to just to begin to dispel uh the fear of unknown what people don't know. So Philippians 1 21. Let's read the New King James there. Now the Bible says they said, For to me, this is Paul speaking, for to me to leave is Christ and to die is gain. Now I'm bringing freedom to people. For to me, to live is Christ and to die is gain. But if I live on in the flesh, talking about the body, which is affected by physical death, this will mean fruits from my, from my labor. Yet what shall I choose? I cannot tell. For I am hard pressed between the two, having a desire to depart and be with Christ, which is, which is far better. So Paul is saying here, if I leave my body, how can somebody leave their body if they are just their body? Mm, have you thought about it? How can somebody leave their body if they are just their body? Don't forget what I said in the book of Genesis chapter 2, verse 7, that the body was just was lifeless until God breathed into it, gave, put life into that body. Right? So Paul said, um, for I, verse 23, for I am hard pressed between the two, having a desire to depart. Can you see somebody is having a desire to depart, to leave their body? while a lot of people out there are afraid of death. So what's the difference? While is Paul, you know, looking forward to depart his body and he doesn't see it as, as end of life, as uh, my, my life is over? <laughs> because he knows, he has the knowledge, he has truth. And those truths is what I'm sharing with you this morning. So if I'm hard-pressed between the two, having a desire to depart and be with Christ, which is far better Nevertheless, to remain, to remain in the flesh is more needful for you. And being confident of this, I know that I shall remain and continue with you all for your progress and joy and faith. And joy of faith. Amen. Amen. Paul talks about two forms of existence there. To be in the body and to be out of the body. He said at some point, he said, to be absent in the body is to be present with the Lord. <laughs> so he's talking about he's talking about something you and I most of the time are not conversant of we are a spirit when a person dies physically their spirit steps out of that body and steps into a different realm and it's just one step like just one step a person comes out of your body deal with the Lord that's it so is that you are in the body or you are out of the body so what I'm trying to say here is this. We will exist forever. 
We may cease to exist physically in this physical world, but we don't cease to exist in the real sense because we are not our body. Our body is just a life, it's just a, a, a tent, a vehicle. So that's why when people do something ungodly, they try to blame it on their body. And I say, the problem is not your body. The problem is with your soul, whom you yielded to, you know, and, um, you know, you, you when I say your soul, your mind, your will, and your emotion. So you got your body to act on the instructions of your soul. So you, you, it's like when you're on the bed, right? When you when you wake up in the morning and you don't want to stand up on your bed, your body remains there. You choose to stand up. You choose to leave your room. And you can practice it tomorrow morning, but ensure that you don't, you're not late for work, right? If you don't stand up, if you, if you choose not to stand up from bed, your body will not stand up. So your body is subject to you. Amen. Amen. So another thing, thing that people don't know is they don't know if they will make it to heaven or not. You know, this story about rapture, when Jesus comes, his angels, Matthew chapter 24, his angels will gather the elect, will, you know, and how man of misinterpretation that people have about this. And the, the sad thing is how p- preachers use the fear of death to motivate people to give their life to Christ. Hmm. What if you don't wake up tomorrow morning? Why should that be? Look at what Paul said, Philippians 1. He said, to be with the Lord is far better. What if you don't wake up tomorrow morning? What if this? What if that? Why? Is that the gospel that Jesus asked us to preach? The Bible asks us to go in, Jesus asked us to go into the world and preach the good news that God is no longer recording, uh, holding people against their sins, that people's sins have been forgiven. And God, through Christ Jesus, is bringing us into his own family. That's our assignment. Many people want to do the job of the Holy Spirit for him. So they believe that if they put fear in people's heart, people will give their life to Christ. No, even when many people come to Jesus as a result of fear in their heart, the thing is this, some, they do actually commit their life to Christ Jesus, but the problem is that they don't have a father-child relationship with God. They are always and constantly living in fear. And the devil torments them because they do not know that they are now a member of God's own family. We should not be afraid of when the Lord Jesus will come. People say things like, um, like a thief in the night he will come. You better stay at watch. I listened to one, one silly message sometime like that. And the man was like, well, and they asked him questions. And this one thing that challenges me about, about us Christians sometimes, how we listen. And the man said, uh, God told him that people are not prepared, that they will miss the moment. And they asked, and, and, and I was expecting people to ask him, so how do we prepare for that moment? And he came up with one, one, one unintelligent reason of what that moment is. It's like, it's going to be like a second. And I could see the camera, and the camera, the camera was, um, you know, the camera uh, focused on people's face, and you can see the fear. And I saw, a, I saw a, a black woman who was, you could just see the fear, you know, like, Lord, Lord, help me make it. It's going to be in a second, in a second. And if people are not prepared, they're gone. I mean, Jesus is gone and they lose it. It's a lie. I really wish, I'm going to teach this series probably, probably much more in the future. But just because this is just sandwich among uh, the, the, the Freedom from Fear series. It's not true. Okay, let's look at um, 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 13. Uh, verse 13, I'll read from the NIV. 
Now listen to this carefully. Brothers and sisters, we do not want you to be uninformed about those who sleep in death. And here he's talking about physical death. Look, now take note of that word. We don't want you to be uninformed. So many people are uninformed and they have lack, they, they lack understanding. Right? So we don't want to be uninformed about those who sleep in death so that you do not grieve like the rest of mankind who have no hope. So when a person dies and some people say, nah, my life has ended. Why will this happen to me? God, what? That is how the people of the world who have no hope, who have no hand, who have no, who, who, who do not know God. That's how they, that's how they sorrow. Now we may miss loved ones and, you know, when loved ones die, we will really miss them because of relationship. It's, it's kind of normal, but to, to then feel dejected and your life ends. I mean, your life just, your life crashes and because somebody dies, it's not right. It's not a Christian thing. Because it's just, just a matter of time. The Bible, says, the Bible tells us that a, a thousand years before the Lord is like a day. So even if a person died 50 years ago, right? To me, if I would look at that scripture literally, literally, it's like, like a second, maybe in, in, in God's height. So to use many years, but to the Lord it's just a few seconds. Amen. So we should not be in the place of uninformed. We should not act like the people the people of the world act. Right? Some people are like I said, I've seen stuff when some people when they are loved one die. That, I mean they, some some just some people just lose their mind. Some become they, they, they become insane. That's not right. It's just that we don't know the scripture. If a if a believer dies, if, even if they don't live to you know as long as we expect them to live, we'll miss them. We'll feel bad, we'll feel sorrowful, but to feel, but to leave the faith or to leave God is just not right. Because it tells us that we don't know, we don't believe that there's something outside. There's, like, you know, there's more beyond this physical world. Like I showed us some scriptures. If what we see, all we look at is just what we can see here, we are very miserable. Amen. So, Paul is saying to the Thessalonian church here, he said they should not occupy the place of uninformed and they should not grieve like people who have no hope. We have hope in the return of the Lord Christ Jesus. Amen. And we're going to reign with the Lord Jesus forever. When a person died at 50 or died at 80, as long as they are believers, they're in Christ Jesus, who reign with the Father for it's, a, it's, just, it's just a temporary, you're just not seeing them for some time because you see them again if they are saved. And that's why we should be praying that our people, fellow loved ones, get saved. I feel like preaching a message of um, hell and no hell this morning, but let me just stay on, on track here. Verse 14 says, For we believe that Jesus died and rose again, and so we believe that God will bring with Jesus those who have fallen asleep in him. So the people that are, the believers that have died, they will come back with Christ Jesus with a different body, a resurrected body. Not the body here, because you know some some of the physical body, um, some people were cremated, some people's body decayed, and, you, and people are thinking, so what happens? Because when Jesus come back, this person has decayed. We cremated this body, so how will this person live? There's a body that we will look because the Bible tells us that when it comes, we're gonna look like him. We leave this body, this physical body behind. Let's carry on. I'm getting excited. Now, so verse 15 says, according to the Lord's word, we tell you that 
we who are still alive, who are left until the coming of the Lord, will certainly not precede those who are falling asleep. For the Lord himself will come down from heaven with a loud command, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trumpet call of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. After that, we who are still alive and are left will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet with the Lord in here. And so we will be with the Lord forever. Hello? We will be with the Lord forever. So whether a person has died, a believer has died, or some of us are still alive, when Jesus comes back, he said, we will be with the Lord forever. See, your, qualify, your, your qualification to be with the Lord forever has nothing to do with your actions. I repeat, your qualification to be with Christ forever has nothing to do with your actions. You know, when people tell you things like, you know, um, when they tell you, when, when people say, you know what, your goal should be, it should be, should be to make heaven. That's not, that's not a, a godly and scriptural goal as for a Christian life. Because what the Bible says, what Jesus, what the Bible tells us in the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 5 is that God has given to us the ministry of reconciliation to preach the gospel, to encourage people, to, uh, to admonish people, to preach the gospel to, to the people so that they can come into the family of God. So if your focus is to make heaven, you are looking in the wrong direction. Jesus himself told us to go into the world, preach the gospel and make disciples of men. Amen. So to make heaven is not the right goal of a Christian. Because the Bible even tells us in the book of um, Ephesians chapter 2 verse 6, it told, the Bible tells us that we are seated, we are we are raised together with Christ and seated with Christ in the heavenly places. So if heaven is a place you are going to, to meet Jesus, and the Bible now tells that you are now, 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 right now, 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 that positionally, spiritually, you are with Christ. We saw in the book of uh, Mark chapter 16 verse 20 that God walked with the apostles confirming his signs is confirming his word with signs following so if people are still thinking of going to heaven somewhere they're looking in the wrong direction because god has actually come to earth and is dwelling with you and high so why are you thinking of a place to go to and the bible is even telling you there in book of um first thessalonians 4 that whether you are alive when in the physical body when jesus returned or some people have passed on the bible says that we will we, we join with jesus and we'll be with jesus forever amen amen we saw we, we read in the book of Acts uh, the encounter of uh, Paul with Jesus. So Jesus comes to the earth. Jesus meets with people. Jesus lives inside of us. So we're looking in the wrong direction. So the moment you give your life to Christ, you're in heaven already. Because the person you are thinking of going to meet somewhere, the moment you give your life to Christ, it dwells with you. It dwells in you. Amen. And in 2 Corinthians chapter 6, God said, He will never leave you nor forsake you. He said, I will be with them. I will be their father. I will be their God. They will be my children. Friends, what are we talking about? So, if we are not in the... Let me say this first. So, the believer, there's more to the life of a believer than what we see physically. There's so much more. And I'm so tempted to start unpacking them, but I will not go there. Amen. Well, good in future. So stay connected because I'm 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 going to start teaching on them as the Lord leads me. Amen. So we need to overcome this short sightedness and this lack of knowledge, lack of information, and just allowing uh, manipulative ministers of the gospel, ministers and court, to to lead us in the direction we should not go. You know, my, as you can tell, I'm struggling this morning a little bit because it's so it's heavy in my heart. And I wish I'm doing it. I could do a much better job. I, I wish I could take this as a series. I'm so tempted. Like, yes, we need to wake up. There's more to the life of a believer than what it looks like. 
No, you are not your face. You are not your body. You are a child of God. You are a spirit. You are not your body. You are not your looks. Amen. Amen. Let's look at First John chapter four, verse twelve to seventeen. First John. I love this. First John four. We'll be reading First John uh, seventeen and eighteen, but let's look at verse verse twelve. Okay. Um, verse twelve there. Now the Bible says, "No one has ever seen God, but still in the NIV, no one has ever seen God, but." Uh, sin God, but if we love one another, God lives in us and his love is made complete in us. This is how we know that we live in him and in us. He has given us his spirit. Hello? God has given us his spirit. And we have seen and testified that the father has sent his son to be the savior of the world. If anyone acknowledges that Jesus is the Son of God, God lives in what? In them. So some people are thinking of making heaven when God actually lives in them. We have been mistaught. So I repeat, it is not the duty of the believer to be thinking of making heaven because if you're actually thinking God is in heaven, the Bible tells us here that God is in you in the person of the Holy Ghost. So which heaven are you thinking about again? I know there's more here and I can't pack them in this service, but I'm, I'm trying to call attention to the fact that we are there's more to the life of a believer than to what we see. That's why the Bible tells us that we have of, we have of all men most, reason, most miserable. If we think all there is to life is what we can see in this physical world. I'm not saying that we should go and commit suicide or should be thinking of death. But I'm saying that death should not have control over you, should not rule you. The devil should not be tormenting you with fear. Now, the fear of death. The fear of death that you've been, that you've been struggling with for the past 20, 30 years. Where, have you died? You have not died. But do you know that if you, have, if you had focused on the things that God wants to do through you, the good works he said he has prepared in advance for you to do, you will have affected the kingdom of God, impacted lives much more than this. Because fear of death is a snare. It holds people in bondage. And God does not want us to live in these bondages. Amen. Amen. Verse 16 says, And so we know and rely on the love of on, lo- on the love God has for us. God is love. Whoever lives in love lives in God and God in them. This is how love is made complete among us, so that we will have confidence on the day of judgment. Some people are thinking of judgment day where they think that when they when they die, God will measure how much good they have done and how much evil they have done. And if they are good at ways they are bad, God will reward them. But if they are evil at ways they are good, they will end up in heaven. That's not right. Those way of thinking is flawed. The reason is this. Your good, your being good did not qualify you for salvation in the first instance. If your actions, your good works never qualified you for salvation in the first instance, your lack of good works cannot qualify you for hell or disqualify you for salvation or take salvation away from you. Your salvation, which qualified you for God to come and dwell inside of you, 
and it qualifies you to to forever be with Christ is as a result of your belief in what Jesus has done. So your faith in Christ is what qualifies you to be with God forever, to be with Christ, to receive the gift of eternal life. So if your good works was not able to save you, your good works or lack of it thereof or, a, or inadequate lack of inadequate uh, amount of good works cannot cannot take the salvation or take salvation from you or disqualify you for salvation. I hope people are getting it this morning. Amen. So let's point down these things I've shared with us, right? Uh, and I, pre- I, I believe that God will open our eyes to this stuff. I want to believe that some things I've shared with you guys is, um, you know, has been helpful. You know, the stuff about judgment they have. I'm going to teach a series about this heaven, hell, judgment, and things like that. But I've, what I've tried to show those in, with a few verses there is that God has not created us to live, or God doesn't want us to live in a bondage, um, in a bondage to to fear of death. And he has made a lot of provisions for us there. Amen. Uh, there's physical, there's a spiritual death. People should not be afraid of physical death, but we should be cautious. God gave us this earth suit, this, this physical body for his own assignment to do what he's called us to do. God could not come into the world. God is spirit, John chapter 4. God is spirit that Jesus said, and they that worship him was worshiping spirit and the truth. But God being a spirit could not come into the world to carry out his assignment, uh, to carry out this assignment, uh, to, to execute the redemption assignment or the redemption mission, he had to come in the person of Jesus Christ. He had to come in a physical body. So the body, your our bodies are given to us to carry out the mission of God on earth. Life is not about you having a car, having a house, and buying, buying luxurious cars and amassing wealth, and that's it. No. The, this earthly suit is given to you to carry out the assignment of God. It was given you to carry out the purpose of God. Amen. So we need to start getting our perspective right about the essence of living. The essence of living. Christianity is not about going to church for God to bless you financially. If that is what we are going to church for, we are going to church for the wrong reason because there are many people out there who don't come to church and they are making very good money. So we need to start asking ourselves, what's the essence of the gospel in the first place? What's the essence of of Christianity in the first place? And that's why when the gospel is shared in certain places, some people will not listen because they don't. that's not what they know the gospel to be. They know the gospel to be about what they can get. But that is not right. Amen. So, guys, please go through the verses I've shared with us over and over, right? Um, one second. That's a, a first, Corinth, a first John 4, 12 to 17. First Thessalonians 4, 13 to 18. First Corinthians 15, 19 tells us about the fact that if all we believe in is just what we can see here, right? We are we have all my most miserable. Amen. And uh, Hebrews chapter 2, verse 14 tells us about the fact that Jesus came in the form of human being uh, to deliver us from the power, to deliver us from the power of Satan who has power of death. And we know death is the last enemy to be destroyed. And we're talking about, and when we talk about death, they were saying that Satan is the last person to be destroyed. But spiritually, we have been delivered through Christ Jesus from the power and the control of darkness of Satan. And we need to realize this and stand our ground. Each time the enemy tries to threaten you with death, to say, you know what? You know, laugh at, laugh at him. Say, you know, declare the word of the Lord. You know, you will not die. Your, uh, you will not die, but live to declare the good works of the Lord, land of the living. The Lord said it will satisfy with long life, and your life is for the assignment of God. 
you know when you know you have not finished your assignment and you know there's a lot to, for you to do and the devil comes to harass you with death you tell him say you know what i am not finished i'm not done yet because my so you have no right to take my life because jesus has delivered me from your power right i will lay down my life or i will depart this body when i know that my assignment is done and when i want to leave so i choose to leave my body you are not gonna take my life because satan has no satan cannot control your life he cannot take your life because it's not easy your life belongs to god your life is in god's hands so now allow the the person who does not own your life to terrorize you to take your life so you talk back at him and say you know what i will leave this body when i when i want to right and if you're sick listen to me right now i want to challenge you stand your ground saying to and say back to satan satan you don't own my life so i refuse to be terrorized or terrified by your threat of death because you don't own my life i am here to do what god has called me to do and i'm not done yet and i speak to my body be healed in the name of the lord jesus because we are because i'm using you for purpose i'm using for the ministry that god has given to me so saints do not allow the fear of death hold you in bondage satan does not own your life and he has no right to take your life and that's why when they when they when they, when this guy said to, to jesus that do you know I can set you free? Jesus said, you know what? I have the right to lay down my life and to take it back. No, no, guys. Let me not, let, let's not get into that because I'm getting excited. All right, guys. All that blesses you. Uh, if you'd like to connect with us and to say hi, please connect on Zoom. You'll find the Zoom link.